everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Dylan James. And JT Taylor is here in the house. That's right, people. How's everybody doing? I'm doing all right. Doing good, doing good. How about you, JT? I'm doing good, doing good. Dylan, I didn't notice until I looked on Twitter today, but apparently it's National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which is personally a day where uh, everyone's celebrating the accomplishments of female athletes across sports. And it's kind of a big deal, especially when we got the Olympics that starts up this Friday. Inter- yeah, interesting. I-, I can actually honor the the skill level of some females in sports today because we started our softball team today. Okay. Our first practice. We had five females from Disney Vacation Club there that played. It's a it's a company uh, company league for Disney, but Disney Vacation Club has a team on the league, and so we had some females playing. And I'm telling you what, man, they they can play. They can play some softball. I can't play as good as they can. I, that's why I'm the coach. I just stay on the sidelines and look pretty out there. Pretty Somewhat. For your, pretty for your lady, huh? Yeah, pretty for the lady. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, baby, this is. The, I did this. I put this on the field, but I didn't. Well, but that's it, good to hear, Dylan. Uh, it. Uh, I saw Logan today, so I got to chit chat with him a little bit. So I am sure I'm he sure is so happy. He survived the the purge. The Philly special up in yeah. Philadelphia the on purge. Sunday night. Um, at least it looked that way on Twitter because you see the cars gate flip, cars gate burned. You know, buildings on fire. fire. Poles they're, they're greased up statues. with Crisco. Yeah. So but Philadelphia, the, the, they were the, lighting the it up. The craziest thing was there were so many poles in Philadelphia greased up with Crisco, but fans were still finding a way to climb those poles. It was insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was that was when they won the NFC Championship game, and then when they won the Super Bowl game. I mean, oh my gosh! Like, well, the parade is going to be tomorrow. So you think that was rad? That's Wait insane. The, the the parade is tomorrow in Philadelphia. It's going to be insane. Yeah, it is. I I'm glad I'm not there. At the same time, I want to be there though. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it's a catch twenty two. I want to be there to see the team coming in to see the parade because I'm sure the parade will be awesome, but. I don't want to be there because those fans are crazy. It, it was funny because there were a lot of people going into the Super Bowl wanting the game to end in a tie because they didn't want either team to win. Because those fan bases were just rabid. But, I mean, Philadelphia, I, congratulations to them because that was a hell of a game, and we'll talk about it in just a few minutes. But um, great game by Philadelphia, great game by Nick Foles, and we'll dive deeper into it, but that was a... Really, really good game. So um, tonight we're going to be talking a lot about the football, about a lot about Super Bowl. We'll talk about some basketball, some hockey news, some miscellaneous stuff. And also we have a special guest on the phone line later in the show. So stay tuned for that one. That's right, guys. It's exciting stuff. So we're going to recap everything that happened for Super Bowl 52. Of course, me and Dylan, we were here at his place on Sunday night watching the big game. Yes, we were. With all our coworkers from DVC. And... We'll start with, well, the national anthem, Pink. Uh, I think did a pretty good job, considering that we were hearing reports earlier that she had the flu or She was had sick, the flu. And she did pretty good. She still sounded that yeah. good, and she had the flu. Like, that's insane. It, it was it was probably one of the better national anthems we've heard, because we heard the Aretha Franklin national anthem before, which we all know how that turned out. We heard um, Steven Tyler sing the national anthem before, which oh, yeah. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> that was not the national anthem. I don't know what he was doing on stage. He was having a seizure or something because that was not the national anthem. 
Um, but yeah, Pink did a phenomenal job with the national anthem. She she definitely killed it. Definitely so. It was one of the better national anthems we've heard in, in recent memory. That's right, Dylan. All right, let's on to the game. And the game, well, I think me and Dylan got this prediction wrong, but we both thought last week the Patriots were going to find a way to, to win the game. And, well, they came up short. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, we did want the Eagles to win. That we, we said that we just thought, felt as though the Patriots were going to find a way to win, which they almost they almost found a way to at least tie it and go to overtime again, which that would have been incredible. That would have been the second game in Super Bowl history to go to overtime, plus a consecutive year of the Super Bowl going to the over, overtime period. So that would have been insane. Well, Dylan, as we were watching this game on Sunday, you know, the Eagles had a big lead. And the Patriots were kind of slow. Their kicker, Guskowski, he missed the PAT and he missed the field goal, which pretty much put the, the Patriots on a hole early. And we all thought once the Eagles got that big lead uh, that, oh, man, the Patriots are going to be a second-half team. They're going to come back just like they did against Jacksonville a few weeks ago. They'll find a way. And there were some crazy plays. Uh, of course, Nick Foles calling the – well, he's calling the Philadelphia special <laughs> – his own touchdown. And we all thought initially Doug Peterson made that call. But Nick Foles, he made the that call to get the Eagles that big lead. And Tom Brady, man, what happened? He had a, a similar play where he was going to get the ball and he dropped it. Well, He a, dropped it. Why would you drop a play to have Tom Brady go out there and catch a football? That, it, he's 40. You shouldn't. He's, first of all, he's 40. Second of all, he gallops like a Clydesdale in a Budweiser commercial. Like, that is the most awkward human being I've ever seen run before. I, it's it's insane to think that he's as good as he is because he's not very athletic at all um, when it comes to running anyway. So not a good route runner <laughs> when it comes to being a wide receiver for Tom Brady. But, I mean, that was a big play. Uh, that could have been a big play if he would have caught the ball, which it was, it just, you know, grazed his fingertips and he just couldn't get it. But, I'm telling you what, I mean, there were some really, really big plays. The Nick Foles play for the for the Philly special was huge. And it's a huge compliment to that team for Doug Peterson to hear that play, to hear Nick Foles say, hey, we need to do the Philadelphia special. And Doug Peterson didn't even blink. He said, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. He had trust in his team. And I, I would, if I had a team that was that good, I would have trust in them as well. I mean, they they definitely came and showed up for that game, got an early lead, and you see what happens if you get an early lead against Tom Brady. If he's you know coming back from behind, we've seen it time and time again that it's been, he's been on the right side of the coin. But in this instance, man, I mean, he just couldn't do it. He can't do it every single game. That's the thing. I, I think New England needs to realize that. You can't put it all on Tom Brady's shoulders, especially with him being 40 years old. You know, Father Time is coming after him very, very quickly. And, I mean, even though it didn't look like like it during the regular season, I mean, if he was, you know, it was three or four years ago they played this game, it might have ended differently. But I, I think that Time had some, you know, some bearance on this, on this game to where um, they just couldn't win it in the end. They just couldn't come back from behind. So, tough loss for Tom Brady. Did not get his sixth ring, but he's won five of eight Super Bowls he's been to. And also, another cool stat for you. Tom Brady has lost every single game that Eli Manning has shown up to. 
commercial or on the field because there was a commercial of him for NFL.com or NFL Network, and it was one probably one of the funniest commercials they had on the Super Bowl this year. The oh, Super yeah. Bowls were awful. Uh, the, the commercials were awful. Absolutely awful. Well, the Tidepod one got a lot of attention. It did. And I thought that was good. Uh, Dodge, I don't know what were they doing with Martin Luther, trying to use Martin Luther King to sell Dodge trucks. Like They got a bunch of backlash really? for that one. Really? Got a bunch of backlash for that one. But the Doritos commercial paired with the Mountain Dew commercial. Oh, yeah. With, with uh, Morgan Freeman Peter and Dinklage. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Yep, yeah, yep. Peter Dinklage and Morgan Freeman. That, that was good. That was good. I, I think that was good. So I would have to say that the Eli Manning one was probably number one, in my opinion. Well, we knew anytime the Patriots are in the Super Bowl and the Giants aren't there, you knew they were going to stick a Super Bowl commercial. Oh, Oh, of course. You, you had to have. You had to have. So, Eli Manning, uh, that commercial was fantastic. I'd have to say that number two would probably be the Tide commercials, because the Tide commercials were, were very, very funny. Um, the whole series of them. And then the third would probably have to be the Doritos and Mountain Dew commercial. Those are the top three commercials this year. And other than that, everything else was just uh, mediocre. Mm, kind of like JT's halftime show. Yeah. Now... Here's my thing with the halftime show. We were all hyped up. We were rumors all over the place about, oh, is he going to do in sync? Are we going to have some surprise artists that we don't expect? Or is he going to be funny and try to make a joke and bring Janet Jackson back just for the heck of it? Which we kind of figured wasn't going to happen, but it was no, funny. No. Eh. But uh, Justin Timberlake, like he started off with the song Filthy, which I'm kind of like, really? You're going to start with this song? And he's like, at the, what was that, the locker room when he first started that? Then he goes through around the stadium. He's getting running around with all the fan, all the, the people that performers. Then he's out in the stands getting a selfie with the kid. And that was good. And I saw a lot of memes on there on Twitter about, does this kid know who Justin Timberlake the kid is? Was not fr- the kid was not emotional at all. He oh, was just yeah. like smiling, just like, ha, ha, ha. As if he were like at a school social, standing on the left-hand side of the gym with the other right-hand side of the gym were all the girls, and he was trying to figure out which one to talk to, and he would never talk to them and leave alone. Um, but it, it was very awkward. It, it was just a very awkward halftime show. I just didn't really get into it. Yeah, he it, did the, the tribute to Prince, and I thought that was good. Which was cool. Wait, you which know, was cool. I mean, it was kind of cool when they were trying to do the deck, which we thought was live. Like, oh, is the city of Minneapolis going purple? But no, it was just a hologram. Oh, it was a hologram. Nothing, yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, CGI, essentially. Yeah. Um, but you know, other than that, there should have been something else. Yeah. It, it left more to the imagination than, uh, what should have, should have been. I think that Justin Timberlake, if he brought out NSYNC or if he brought out a special guest with him or Chris Stapleton for that matter, I mean, someone like that, I think it would have been much better, but it was very self-indulgent, very just, I just didn't get into it. Yeah, I think the thing is, Dylan, Bruno Mars, when he did his Super Bowl performance a few years ago when it was in New York, he set the bar. Oh, he did. And oh, he did. Since then, the performer will accept Lady Gaga. She did pretty good last year. And Katy Perry the year before was good with uh, before Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. Katy Perry did a great job as well. So, I mean, there have been really good ones. I mean, I'm glad we're far away from having the, the who and yeah no just leave that <laughs> off the stage. But I, I think that JT. His album is very underwhelming. This Not new only that, album his audio like kept going in and out. If yeah, you were watching, so yeah, like, I couldn't understand what he was saying half the time. Yeah, it sounded like the Black Eyed Peas Volume Two. <laughs> That's what it was. But 
I, I guess they had the same sound guy. That's probably yeah. what happened. That's the common denominator is the sound guy. So that wasn't the best. But, I mean, the game overall, like I said, it was probably one of the best Super Bowls I've seen in recent there memory. There was only one punt the entire game. And the, where was the defense? It was they an offensive nowhere. shootout. No. And, <laughs> and a big storyline coming out of Super Bowl was that Malcolm Butler, the hero of Super Bowl Forty Nine, was nowhere to be found on the field. He was not there. They decided to put him on the bench for the game. And you saw at the very beginning of the game, he was very emotional on the sideline during the national anthem. And it's just hard for me to grasp that a player of that caliber, a starting cornerback for the New England Patriots, was not on the field at all for the Super Bowl. He has been to the Super Bowl three of the past four years, and he's only been in the league for four years. So I don't understand why they decided to bench him all of a sudden. It was uh, very, uh, very abrupt because they had no idea he was not going to play until the game started. No news reports came out about it or anything. So I don't know what happened. There's some turmoil there with the Patriots and Malcolm Butler. If he, if the organization wants to bring him back next season, which I don't think they do, but if they want to bring him back, they'll have to repair that relationship because at this point he is done with the Patriots especially with his comments he had with the reporters after the game. I don't see him going back to the Patriots unless something happens to reconstruct or mend that relationship. Yeah, that will be a situation with the monitor during the offseason. Speaking of the offseason, there was some leaked news that broke late last night as we all assumed Josh McDaniels was going to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And, well... Apparently, that did not happen. That didn't happen. As he has decided to make a U-turn and say, no, you know, my second thought, I might want to stay with the Patriots. Now, speculation is, Dylan, is that Robert Kraft had decided to pay him more money to keep him as a coordinator because he really didn't want to lose him. And there's been speculation that Bill Belichick might retire within the next couple years. So, it looks like it's going to be like college football. He's going to be basically the coach in waiting. And when Bill Belichick leaves... He's taking over. And if I'm Josh McDaniels, I know he's getting criticized from his agent saying, what are you doing? You are making the biggest mistake of your life by throwing out the Colts. But let's look deeper into that, Dylan. Here's the situation with the Indianapolis Colts right now. you got an owner, Jim Irsay, who can be erratic at times, saying he's crazy comments. He's you a know, nutcase. He just can't stay stable no, with himself. And after he ran Chuck Pagano out of town, which I know he wasn't doing well, but come on. The man had cancer, you know, if you would have put more money on a backup quarterback instead of like what well, Peyton Manning, when he went down, the whole place just goes b- b- falling through the bricks like a house of cards, okay? They got your general manager, Chris Ballard, who basically is saying stuff like, oh, it's a gray area with Josh McDaniels, and he's saying, oh, we weren't sure he was going to have cold feet, but we weren't sure about that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. The rivalry with the Patriots is on now. And I'm like, really? This is what you want to say? And let's think about it. Look what happened to the Colts the last couple of years, okay? They had that great run a few years ago where they played the Chiefs in the playoff game, and they came back from like 20 down to win that game. And ever since then, Dylan, Andrew Luck can't stay healthy. The Colts, they've been up and down in the AFC South. When Peyton Manning was there, Dylan, the Colts were running the AFC South Division. Now, the Jaguars, with Mike Blake Bortles' performance, he's passed, they've passed them. Our Titans, with Mariota, we are now better than the Colts. The Houston Texans, if Deshaun Watson comes back healthy, they will definitely be better than the Colts. And now they're scrambling, trying to find somebody to take this job. 
who's going to take that job when you don't know if Andrew Luck's healthy? And if the Colts go 3-13 this season, upcoming season, or next season, Jim Mercer can run that coach out of town too. So, Colts, what are you doing? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is uh, when you talked about Jim Irsay keeping Chuck Pagano, um, you know, not not taking care of him because he had cancer. You don't keep a coach because he has cancer. I'm sorry. In the, at the end of the day, in the NFL, it's a business. I mean, you are, you know, you put a product on the field, and if it's not winning, if it's not doing what you think it should be doing, then you make a change. Unless Chuck, you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Unless you're Cincinnati Bengals, which I, mean, I don't know why they keep <laughs> they keep the situation the same as they have for the past few years, but whatever. Marvin Lewis, I guess, will be there for another <laughs> three years or whatever the contract is. Um, but, you know, I understand Jim Ursay's mentality of, yes, we want to win. We, we want to be a winning team, and, and we have a division, the AFC South, where it has been in the palm of their hands the past few years. Up until this season when Deshaun Watson was drafted by the Houston Texans, they were running the the show in the division. They were the team. But now they're not. Now you see the Titans, who have done a great job progressing uh, with Marcus Mariota under center. Now we have a brand new head coach. We have a brand new offensive coordinator, a brand new defensive coordinator, brand new coaching staff, where it looks like they're bringing in a system to match Marcus Mariota's skill set. Then you have the Houston Texans, who have a quarterback of a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, if he stays healthy. So if he stays healthy and is on the field for this coming up season, um, you know, if he plays all 16 games, I'll have more trust in Deshaun Watson, but we'll just have to see if he can do that. So Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the future for the Houston Texans. So they have that and also a very, very good defense, although we just got their defensive coordinator, Mike Rabel, for the Titans. So they need to fill that hole. Then you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, where all they need in Jacksonville is a, a quarterback, which they have Kirk Cousins on the free agency wire now. We have uh, Case Keenum. Uh, we have Sam Bradford. We may have Teddy Bridgewater. So you have these quarterbacks that are out there that they could sign. Not to mention Nick Foles might be available. Nick Foles might be available as well, which I don't – why would he not go somewhere else? Well, if I'm the Eagles, I'm only going to trade him if you get some ridiculous offer from like the Browns or somebody where a bunch of draft picks in return. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm the Eagles, I would try – he's got one year left in his contract, so I would try to keep him just in case Carson Wentz goes down again. Yeah, I understand, but at the same time, his stock is really high right now. And and with his stock being high, he wants to get paid, first of all, and he wants to go play for a team that he can improve. So if I were him right now, I would go to my agent and say, look, work a deal out with Philadelphia, get me traded as soon as possible. I don't I mean I, I don't want it just to be a backup for the rest of my career. So with him having such success in the Super Bowl, that bode that bodes very well for him. So he'll probably try to go somewhere else. But anyway, Jacksonville, Houston Texans, and the Tennessee Titans, they're all three really, really good teams now. So the Colts, as of right now, they're at the bottom of the totem pole, as far as I'm concerned, because Andrew Luck has not seen the field in over a season now. So it's hard for me to trust Andrew Luck and his health. And their backup quarterback situation is not good with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, they had Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby is a project quarterback. Like he, he's a guy that sits behind 
a, a, a proven quarterback and get some experience before he actually gets into a system. If he stayed in New England, like Bill Belichick wanted him to, then I think that he could actually be a pretty good quarterback in that system. But with not having the coaching of Bill Belichick and having that knowledge passed down to him, I don't think he can be a good quarterback, especially with the coaching staff and the, with the Colts being up in the air right now. That who who knows who he's going to be um, coached by coming up this next season. So it, it's really hard for me to put faith in the Indianapolis Colts. So as of right now, as they were this season, they are at the bottom of the totem pole in my opinion. All right, Dylan, let's talk about some action in the NBA. As in the NBA, Dirk Nowitzki, he uh, breaks the 5,000-minute um, mile mark for the Dallas Mavericks. And <laughs> bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, even though I'm a Spurs fan, he's been very impressive for me. Uh, he stayed with one NBA team his entire career, and he could have left and got more money, but he wanted to be loyal, stay with his team, and he's doing well with the Dallas Mavericks, even though the Mavericks aren't going to the NBA playoffs this season. Speaking of a team that's not going to the NBA playoffs, Orlando Magic they don't look like they're going to go to the NBA playoffs, but the Magic have done well, Dylan. They've won three of their last four games, being the Lakers last week, being they lost to the Wizards, and then they beat the Heat on Monday night. But last night, Dylan, they had a big game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were down by 21 points, Dylan. 21 points. They showed up. And they came back and defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers. And with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Dylan, I mean, how bad can this season for the 2018 season B for these guys. I mean, let's face it, Dylan. Uh, for the Cavaliers, they lost by 28 to the Minnesota Timberwolves on January 8th. On January 11th, they lost by 34 to the Raptors. On January 12th, they lost by 22 to the Pacers. They gave 148 points to the Thunder on January 20th. On the 23rd, they lost by 12 to the Spurs with no Leonard, no Gasol, and no Ginobili. And then on the 30th of January, they lost by 11 points to the Pistons, who were on an eight-game losing streak. Then you lost by 32 by the Rockets on February 3rd, Dylan. Jeez. So these have been some bad losses. There's talk. And in that game last night against the Magic, Dylan, Tyron Lue left the game halfway because he was sick. LeBron James is probably sick of all the losing, and he wants either trades or to get to the team in the finals, or like you said, he's going to be gone by the end of the season. I just don't see him staying with Cleveland being such a hot mess right now. I don't see him staying either. And, and you look at the teams that he was vying for at the very beginning of the season, we thought that Los Angeles and Houston were the final two that he was thinking about going to. Now you look at Los Angeles and talk about a dumpster fire. That place is in tatters right now. It's awful in Los Angeles. And I don't think it's getting any any better anytime soon, especially with having, you know, LeVar Ball, LeVar, LeVar Ball and all that kind of stuff happening there in Los Angeles, talking about the coach and all that stuff. I just don't see that situation getting any better. I don't think LeBron James wants to get in that drama. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go there right now because there's no reason to go there because they're not winning games. So, you know, you look at the next option, and I think the only place he can go to right now that he wants to go to would be Houston. And I think that would be a, a killer team for him. I think that would be a really good choice if he went there because you have CP3, you have James Harden, you could pro- possibly get Carmelo Anthony there if you wanted to, and Dwayne Wade's going to follow him like a puppy anywhere he goes. So, I mean, the Houston Texans, I mean, the Houston Rockets look like a really, really good team for him to go to right now. And that's probably the only viable option he has in the offseason um, to leave because I don't, I, again, I don't see him staying in Cleveland. Because why would you? 
You know, he's already lost trust in the locker room. He's lost trust in the coach. He's lost trust in everybody in that organization. So, I mean, at this point, if you keep saying, hey, I'm going to think negatively about this thing, I'm going to think negatively about this team, about the coach, about whatever, guess what? You're going to have that mentality and you're going to just want to leave. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's psychology there. I mean, the psychology plays into it and he's already turned off the idea of staying in Cleveland. He wants to leave and play somewhere else. And I mean, I don't blame him at a certain point, but at another point on the flip side, Michael Jordan would have never done this to any team he was on because he has, I don't know what he's, I don't know why he's acting this way, but don't compare him to Michael Jack and Michael Jordan anymore. There's no reason to because Michael Jordan would have gone into that locker room and turned that ship around quickly. He would have started fights in practice. He would have had a conversation with the coach or something. He would have done something to change what was happening, change the tide. And LeBron James just has not. He has not been a team leader in the Cleveland Cavalier organization. Now, we don't have nothing against the Atlanta Magic. We're glad they're finally getting some wins. Oh, yeah, and the Magic, of course. Of credit, course. They've shown up, and, you know, it's just crazy that they blew up, lost by 18 points after having such a big lead in that game. So we'll see what the Cavaliers do anything. The trade deadline, the trade deadline excuse me, for the NBA is tomorrow. And there are some, like, some players might move, like DeAndre Jordan, like Marco Bellinelli, or uh, Tyreek Evans from the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies. So. We'll see what develops there, but I'm not expecting any big trades. Usually big trades in the NBA deadline will be after the season. Speaking of a team that's been in the finals, the Golden State Warriors, Dylan, they're another team that's been in a funk as of late. They've lost three of their last four games. Not as bad as the Cavaliers, but they had a game last night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they uh, uh, had uh, five technicals in that game, and they lost that game 125 to 105. The Warriors are Draymond Green. He got ejected in that game. Oh. And the Warriors, Dylan, listen this that. They are one on four against both the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I think we found their kryptonite who might stop them in the playoffs once April gets here. That can happen. That can happen for sure. Definitely. And then, of course, the big news in the NBA was Christoph Przingis for the New York Knicks. Uh, he tore his ACL on his left knee. Uh, in their game yesterday, and now he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So, bummer for the Knicks. They've been hanging in there, but looks like they're not going to make the playoffs now that he's out. Just hearing those injuries always just irks me. Just like, I, I get a sh- I get a cold shudder through my body when I hear about ACL tears, and oh, that's just awful. I mean, that, that sucks for him, definitely so, because New York needed him on the court um, to at least get some, you know, some points on the board. But, I mean, with him out, it's... It's kind of hard to produce as well as they were before. Definitely, Dylan. On to some hockey news and in the NHL. Uh, Mark andre Fleury, he made his return to Pittsburgh the other night as they, him and his Vegas Golden Knights took on the Penguins, and they lost that game 5-4, uh, to four, even though Fleury had a record number of saves. Yeah, and they also had a, a video tribute for Mark andre Fleury um, in the stands, and, and the fans gave him a standing ovation. He was fighting back tears. Uh, when he was at his net, and it, it was it was a very emotional moment in hockey, and it just shows you how pure hockey is. Hockey is one of the most um, most pure sports we have out there now, and and it's it's great to see that that is still alive. Even though I'm not a Pittsburgh Penguins fan or a, a Golden Knights fan, 
for that matter. Um, it was definitely great to see something like that happen. And uh, congratulations to Marc-Andre Fleury because he's having a phenomenal season. Even though they lost that game, he was very emotional at the very end of the game too, throwing his stick down the hallway after they lost that game because it was a very, very close game. Uh, Golden Knights were actually coming back in that game, and they just could not get the equalizer as time expired in that game. So um, tough loss for the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are still number one in the league um, since they lost that game. Yeah, speaking of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dylan, they had their game on Monday night in Edmonton against the Edmonton Oilers. And, man, Connor McDavid, he was taking it to another level that night as he had scored four goals in that game as the Edmonton Oilers destroyed the Lightning 6-2 to up in Edmonton. That just shows you how good of a player Connor McGregor is. Connor McDavid. I'm sorry. (laughs) I always think of him. Jesus, Connor McDavid. Uh, Connor McDavid is a fantastic player, and he is one of the rising stars in the NHL. And it's incredible to think the level he plays at, even when he was a rookie, he played at that level. Like he is a phenomenal player, um, a, a very uh, you know a generational player, I would say. So it's going to be great to see what he does in his career in Edmonton if he stays there his whole career, which I think he will. But um, yeah, it was definitely great to see. Uh, someone like Connor McDavid, a young star like that, produced as well as he had this season. Definitely, Dylan. Uh, speaking of stars, the New York Rangers, they're currently shopping uh, Rick Nash on the trade market. And rumors have Dylan that the Dallas Stars, his former team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Dylan, your Nashville Predators, are interested in his services. Dylan, do you think Rick Nash might be able to help you guys out, make a playoff push? He might be able to. Give us some more in-depth scoring-wise, because there are some players that uh, that we have. Pontus Auberg is actually one that's sticking out in my mind the most that is not producing as well as he should be. Um, Nash actually has had a pretty good season so far. He's played 53 games, but he's had 15 goals and 10 assists, so he has 25 points, um, a plus-minus of negative 5, so that's kind of low. Um, But, I mean, hey, other than that, he's actually done pretty well this season. He actually does produce some scoring chances with the Rangers. So, I mean, he could be a good addition. I I just don't know at this point if we do need to get a trade line acquisition, uh, trade deadline acquisition uh, this season because I think we're doing just fine the way we are. I think our roster is actually pretty set. Um, But, you know, if they want to add Rick Nash, I wouldn't be upset about David Poyle bringing him in. But we'll just have to see if that will throw off chemistry because that's a big thing in hockey is chemistry. And if, if they have chemistry with Rick Nash, if he comes in and is it's a seamless transition like it was with Kyle Turris, then, hey, more power to the National Predators to bring him in because that would be a fantastic addition. Definitely, Dylan. On our Caps Preds updates to my Capitals, Dylan, we've played two games since we last chatted. We played the Vegas Golden Knights uh, earlier this weekend, and Riley Smith, uh, he was kicking our butts, and he has scored – Twice in that game, Mark Andre Fleury had 20 saves as the Golden Knights beat us on Super Bowl Sunday, four to three. Backstrom had a goal, Niskanen had a goal and an assist, and Dimitri Orlov and Jay Beagle had an assist in that game as well. Uh, Philip Grubauer was the goalie in net for that game. He had 27 saves, but not enough. And then we had a game last night, Dylan, as the Capitals took on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Caps, they snapped a two-game losing streak because we lost to Vegas and we lost to Pittsburgh last Friday. And Nicholas Backstrom, Dylan, he got a, the winning goal late in the game with 40 seconds left to go. It was his 200th career goal as the Capitals beat the Blue Jackets 3-2. Ovechkin, he had two assists in that game and hope he had 37 saves. And Barry Trotz was talking about this in our game last night. We were one for one on the power play, so perfect, and we were perfect on the penalty kill, three for three. 
So we did really well against the Blue Jackets last night. We will play them again this Friday. Uh, Dylan, how are your Preds looking? I know we're watching them live as we speak as they are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are playing Toronto Maple Leafs. They actually tied it up. It's 2-2 in the third period right now, so I am very excited to watch them play hockey at this level. Um, they've been generating a lot of points recently, and and you can see in the past three games we've had a uh, win streak actually going. We've actually scored five goals in the last three games. We actually won against New York Islanders um, on Monday night, winning in 5-4 fashion in over. Overtime, which was a fantastic win for the team. Um, and before that, we actually had the Rangers in Nashville. That was our last home game before our four-game uh, four, oh, four away trip that we had um, going through Canada. And we actually got Philip Forsberg. He got a three-game suspension because he pretty much hip-checked um, a, a Jimmy Vesey, uh, who he was supposed to be actually a player with the National Predators. We had his we had his rights, and he decided to go to the Rangers instead. But um, but yeah, so he got bloodied bloodied up. He got some blood coming out of his mouth and everything that night. But they decided that it was interference, and they decided to blame Forsberg for that instead of blaming the referee who didn't call the interference during the game by giving him a three-game suspension, which I am still irate about. He should not have gotten that suspension because, all in all, it's his first offense. It's his first offense to where he hurt a player that badly, and uh, I don't know why they decided to give him a three-game suspension. I think it was a little bit harsh. But, oh well, he's serving it. We're in the second game of his three-game suspension right now against Toronto. And, I mean, we're looking, we're still looking very, very good. So, I, I, I'm very hopeful that we uh, have a very strong second half of the season, which we are already in. And it looks like we're 7-3 uh, and three in the past 10 games. So, we're actually looking really good. All right, Dylan, anything else before we move on to the football recap of the week? I don't believe so. It is your time to take over the microphone, JT, with your football recap of the week. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And I'm going to start with a big game that happened this weekend between Levante and Real Madrid. As Real Madrid was up twice in this game this past weekend uh, on Saturday with Sergio Ramos and Isco getting two goals. And then Emmanuel Boateng and Gimpiolo Pazzini scored the goals he got a goal late in the 89th minute to tie the game for Levante. And Real Madrid, after they look like they were snapping their streak, looks like they're going back to their old ways of getting draws and shocking losses. Uh, Espanol and Barcelona end up a 1-1 draw. Uh, the exciting game this weekend was Liverpool against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, that game was crazy because it was a 2-1 late lead for Liverpool. And then it was a controversial uh, penalty given to Harry Kane, who scored the last minute to finish that game 2-2 for the uh, Spurs. AS Monaco came back from two goals down against Lyon to win that game 3-2. And the biggest upset was Watford scoring four goals on Chelsea. Uh, Tony Conte, look, he's going to be in the hot seat for Chelsea. And it looks like if he doesn't start winning soon, he's going to get sacked. All right, Dylan, on to on Orlando City news. Orlando City, they had their scrimmage for a preseason up in Jacksonville, taking on Jacksonville University. So from what I'm hearing, reports, they've done pretty well. Orlando City, their next coming scrimmage will be on the 10th against Minnesota United, and then they have another preseason game on Valentine's Day against Philadelphia Union. Orlando Pride news. Orlando Pride made big news as they had signed Poliana from Houston Dash. They acquired her in a trade. Uh, she's a defender. Uh, she did really well with the Houston Dash this past season, made 37 appearances, 
and she had five goals and two assists. So she's really going to help the defensive line as Orlando Pride looks to strengthen and get ready for the upcoming season. All right, Dylan, some soccer news. As I mentioned, the USSF soccer election will be this Saturday. I'll discuss more about that in my final thought. The NASL has filed another lawsuit against the board for revoking their Division II status. We'll see how that turns out as there's still been a decision on their appeal decision. Dylan, your favorite soccer team, Nashville SC, they got a big game as they make their debut this weekend against Atlanta United. And guess what, Dylan? What? Their game, their first preseason game, is sold out. What? Yes, it's sold Look out. Look at that. At the baseball stadium they're going to play there. Uh, they also have a preseason game on the 21st against uh, Chicago Fire. They'll be here in Orlando, Dylan, on February 25th at Orlando City Stadium oh. to play a friendly or preseason match against Orlando City. And on the 23rd, they'll be against Ottawa Fury. March 3rd to be in Cincinnati. And then, of course, the big games on preseason before they start the regular season, March 10th, they'll be in Chattanooga, taking on Chattanooga FC. All right, Dylan, on to some games to keep an eye on this weekend. One thing before I mention, FC Tucson, they're joining South Georgia Trementa as another founding member for the USL's Division Three League. For some games to watch this week, we got Tottenham against Arsenal for the North London Derby. That's on February 10th, 730 on NBCSN. You got Bayern Munich taking on Schalke 04. That's going to be at 1230 on FS2. And then we got a Derby between Ashton Villa and Birmingham City. That's going to be on Sunday. You can watch that on ESPN3. And now we'll conclude my football recap of the week. Moving on to some miscellaneous news. Let's move over to the Winter Olympics, the 2018 Winter Olympics. Opening ceremony will be in South Korea um, this Friday, actually on NBC, so definitely check that out. And they also have some figure skating on Thursday, so you can see some of the uh, some of the action before the games actually start on Friday. So that's really, really cool to see. Um, you'll be able to see some, play, uh, some Olympians like Sean White. He's coming back for the USA um, to hopefully regain a gold medal this year. We also see um, some other, uh, you know, Olympians such as Lindsey Vaughn is going to be in alpine skiing. Um, you'll also see Chloe Kim, I believe, as well. Chloe Kim is going to be yeah, out Chloe there. Yeah, Chloe Kim for the alpine, not alpine, snowboarding, excuse me. Uh, you're going to have uh, Nathan Chen uh, figure skating, and then you're going to have uh, uh, Matt Hamilton, who's going to do your favorite sport, Dylan, uh, curling. Curling. Uh, my absolute favorite. I love it. Uh, just when they got, you know slide the, the big rock with a handle on it down the ice. That's that's my sport right there. Yep, we're off speed skating as well. And, of course, Dylan, I know the NHL players won't be in the Olympics, but we'll still keep an eye on what's going on in the hockey tournaments for the men and the women. Yeah, yeah, we will. Because we'll see some actually some younger kids, some college kids. Um, we'll also see some prospects. I believe that Eli Tolvanen from the National Predators, he's a prospect who's playing in the KHL right now. He's playing in the Olympics, so we'll be able to see him. Um, play for his home country, which would be fantastic to watch too. So keep an eye on that. Um, the NFL announced their 2018 Hall of Fame inductees, and there were some pretty big names on the list. Yep, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, yep. Was yeah. Erlocker? Yeah, Locker was there too. Erlocker yep. mm-hmm. was there too. Um, also, Ray Lewis got in as well. Yep. Um, Bobby Bethard, who is a uh, contributor, I believe he was. Uh, let's see what he yeah, was. Yeah, he was a contributor, executive contributor for, I think, the R- Dolphins and the Redskins. Dolphins, Redskins, Chiefs, and Falcons, it looks like, too, and Chargers. 
He, he's, he did a lot. So he was there too. Uh, Robert Brazil, linebacker, actually got in as well. So it was a really good a really good class. There was a video of Randy Moss getting his um, invitation. invitation. Like the guy knocked on the door and he was an emotional yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, emotion, very emotional. It's fantastic to see those players like that though. Him and Terrell Owens, guys that we saw play. Um, get into the Hall of Fame. That's It's really, really cool to see. Definitely so. They deserve it. Yeah, Dylan. Uh, MLB spring training will begin next week with pitchers and catchers reporting. So we're getting a little closer to baseball season starting. Uh, I know I talked to Tom O. He's very excited with the Red Sox getting their spring training starting next week with the pitchers and catchers reporting. So we'll see how that goes. And the Atlanta Braves are playing this season at, at the ESPN Wide yeah. World Sports. And also they're playing next season at Wide World Sports as well for the preseason as well. So that's really cool. Speaking of baseball, Dylan, there was an announcement today on ESPN that the New York Yankees have traded to acquire the rights for Russell Wilson, who's who's quarterback for the uh, Seahawks, obviously, but he did play baseball and he was selected by the Texas Rangers. So they traded his rights to the New York Yankees in exchange for future considerations. So it makes it made me wonder, Dylan, are the Yankees trying to stick it to the New York Mets who have Tim Tebow right now and are trying to get all that hoopla blahs with football? I guess so. I mean, they're, they're wanting jersey sales, and I, I think that they can do that with having Russell Wilson's name on the back of a Yankees jersey. I think they can actually get some pretty good money from that. So, I mean, we'll never see him play um, during a regular season. We'll see him play in spring practice, spring training. We'll see him, you know, toss the ball around a little bit. But other than that, I don't think we'll see him ever play on the field. But it's, it's still really cool to think that there's a possibility that he could go to another sport if he wanted to. Definitely, definitely. And Salt Lake City, they are going to announce that they're going to bid for the 2030 Winter Olympics. And they're also considering bidding for the 2026 Winter Olympics. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, Salt Lake City, of course, the last thing to host the Winter Olympics was 2002. And that was a pretty great uh, tournament in 2002. I remember that watching that. Uh, with hockey and the skiing and everything. I mean, Salt Lake City did a really good job. So I guess the hope is, well, if Salt Lake City gets the Olympics, let's say 2026, does that mean the NHL is going to come back? Oh, it's coming to America. We're going to go to the Olympics now. Well, it's in America. I mean, we'll, hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the last time I went to the Olympics, I actually went to the Olympics in 96. In Atlanta. When it was in Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it would. Lo- I would love to see... The Olympics come back. Um, and well, we're getting the Olympics in 2028 with LA. Yes. That's the summer, though. That's summer, but I mean, it would still be really cool to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited to see the Olympics on American soil once again. And I mean, we'll see some pretty cool uh, pretty cool things if that does happen. So um, definitely look forward to that and look forward to the potential of Salt Lake City getting a Winter Olympics again because, like you said, the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics were legit. It was a very, very good year for the United States, and it was just a very good year for the country. I mean, I think the country did great when it came to tourism that year because of all these fans coming over. Um, it was it was really, really cool, so I look forward to that. So now, after all that is said and done, we have a special guest for everyone. Joining us on the phone lines is our favorite DVC driver, Uncle Bobby, and he is joining us with his Scam of the Week. So, Bobby, uh, scam alert time. Let's uh, see what you got. Yes, thank you again for having me on. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, my scam is the state of Florida. Um, one of the uh, representatives, a uh, local one, wants to uh, have another special license plate, which Florida has so many already. They want to have one recognized in the University of Florida as national champions, which they are not. Um, I know they're upset about what happened with the playoffs. I'll be included. I understand that. I wholeheartedly believe. The system is not right because 
of you have the championship series, you have all this and that, you have teams that shouldn't be in there that are based on their record. If they didn't go to the uh, championship game, as far as like Alabama, for the SEC championship is still getting in. So um, I just feel that they should not be have a license plate, but I know people will buy it if it goes through. But I just don't know how you all feel about that. I mean, it seems kind of petty to have that kind of stuff out there. I mean, I understand they want to celebrate as if they're the national champions. Yes, I get that. But at the end of the day, you weren't. Like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Alabama won the national championship, so they are the national champions. Now, if we wanted to do a scrimmage between Alabama and UCF this summer or the beginning of, you know, uh, of the beginning of fall, that would be fantastic. I would lo- I would watch that game. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, you know, UCF, I, I commend them for what they did this season. They they had a fantastic run. They should have been considered for the college football playoff. However, they just aren't in a strong conference. So at this point, having a license plate saying that you're the national champions, even though you're not, uh, that's kind of, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I understand the banner getting raised in their in their field. I mean, do what you want to do about your banners. People, I mean, you could put an asterisk next to it, I guess you can, uh, to say, hey, in our minds and our hearts, we were national champions, such as the Tennessee Volunteers were the winners of life, the winners of the game of life last year. So I don't know what you think about that, JC. I agree, Dylan, that UCF, even though they had a tremendous accomplishment this past season, going undefeated, and that's great, you know. Trying to carry on this national championship banner thing is kind of like, look, guys, we, we undefeated. You beat Auburn. That's great. You guys won the uh, Sugar Bowl, and that's awesome. Celebrate that. But national champion, you guys didn't get in the playoff. You didn't you, get in. You didn't get it. So I understand you're disappointed, but look, guys, and maybe they're trying to keep this thing rolling just so the community gets it. Hey, maybe you should get us in next time. But they're not going to expand the playoff. Not anytime soon. So – UCF, all I can tell you is you should have joined the Big 12, but the Big 12 said no. And now you're just kind of wait and see. But keep on winning, UCF. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep the pressure up like Boise State did like a decade ago. And I'm sure eventually UCF will get that chance. But they got to be patient and wait. Although you're losing Scott Frost, the coach that got you there. But, that's true, too. I mean, that's fine. Uh, Nebraska will do fine with Scott Frost. I think that they'll they'll do good things. Um, and so, I mean, I hate that UCF lost out on Scott Frost, but it's how the business is run, I guess. I mean, in college football, I mean, definitely if you have a better opportunity that lands in your lap and it's a more prestigious school, a school that's more of your dream job, then it's, it's foolish not to take it. So we'll see what happens with UCF with his, their new head coach and see if they can continue the success they had this year. So let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with yours first. All right, guys, so my winner this week, um, just have two real quick. So Nick Foles for obviously calling that play, the, well, he's calling the Philly special, uh, where he caught the touchdown pass to give the Eagles a big lead towards the end of the second half uh, for them to win the Super Bowl. And then my second winner this week is the Nigeria women's bobsledding team as they're going to the Winter Olympics in South Korea. And they're going to make history as they're going to be the first African nation to participate in the bobsledding competition. So congrats to them, and I wish the ladies there the best of luck. My loser this week, Dylan, is going to be Tom, or as I like to call him, Tommy Crybaby Brady, as 
Tom Brady was just being a sore loser after the game. I don't understand. Well, you lose Super Bowl. It's like his third Super Bowl loss. They ain't no difference until two times he lost the Giants. But he was being so sour about it, man. He was like, you know, the Eagles, that play that they made you fumble the ball, that was the only good play the entire game. I'm like, are you kidding me, Tom Brady? Really? So the play where you had, where you dropped the ball, you dropped when you had a touchdown, not a touchdown, but a pass where you could have got first down, and you dropped it. Basically, Making the Vince Lombardi trophy slip through your hands, <laughs> literally right there. Yep. So I don't understand Tom Brady why he's being such a crybaby about it. Uh, I know Alice at work was showing me the photo of uh, Eli Manning and Nick Foles on a picture, and they had a picture of a baby with Tom Brady's face on it. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. So yeah, he's my loser this week. All right, Uncle Bobby, your turn. Okay, so my winner is uh, there was a, a high school football coach up in uh, North Carolina. And his name is uh, Sam Griner. And he had a, a, a player on his team who basically was kind of homeless, you know, basically going from couch to couch, really had nowhere to live. And so he brought him in with his uh, family, and he basically became the starting quarterback. And they won a national championship. Uh, well, not, I'm sorry, a national, but a uh, high school championship in North Carolina. And he actually got his grades up, got him up to it, and he actually today signed to go to the uh, Army uh, uh, West Point Academy. So uh, that's really nice to see that type of uh, stories. You see them every once in a while, but there's another one that's the uh, coach helps a young player, uh, gets them on the right track, and uh, it's good to go. So that's awesome. Glad to see that. That's awesome. And your loser? Loser is uh, basically the whole thing with Bob Costas with NBC and the NFL. Uh, they didn't admit it, but a couple years back, Bob Costas had mentioned about the CTE study and uh, the damage he reports and all that. So he was always in the Super Bowl, but uh, – this year he wasn't allowed to be there. Um, and there's no confirmation that the NFL told NBC not to have him there, but everybody's got to wonder if that's what happened. Um, besides, he's not doing the Olympics either. But uh, I just don't know why he wasn't there because I know that uh, he's been good like he always is with every time I've seen him as a commentator. Uh, but I just don't know if that's the whole case. But if it is, that's not right what the NFL either told NBC or NBC felt like they had to do. Jeez. All right. Well, Moving on to my winner and loser. Uh, winner this week is Love, especially because Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers were seen out in public for the first time. So congratulations to those two. There have been rumors uh, swirling around as to a relationship between Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Packers, and Danica Patrick, a uh, former NASCAR star. She is actually racing in her final race, I believe, in the Daytona 500. Um, I think she signed a contract for one more race, so she's doing that one, but then she's no longer going to be in NASCAR, but it's good to see them together now, so congratulations to those two. And my loser this week is the entire city of Indianapolis, Indiana, because of the loss of their almost new head coach, Josh McDaniels. Josh decided to stay in New England to stay there where the money is and we've we've speculated on this show earlier in the show but again I, I, I still think there's something going on um, more than just this contract more than just just this upcoming season as him being the offensive coordinator I think that Robert Kraft has a master plan in mind to retain Josh McDaniels as their head coach once Bill Belichick decides to either retire or he decides to uh, leave uh, New England for some reason. So we'll see what happens in the future with that. So those are my winners and losers. Now moving on to final thoughts. Uh, Uncle Bobby, I'll start with you. Yeah, so my final thought is also concerning Tom Brady. And I I, kind of laugh because I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, after the game, 
um, where he threw that ball, and of course it wasn't caught at the end of the game. He like sat down and looked like he was pouting. And it reminds me of the, uh, I think it was the second Super Bowl uh, loss to the Giants, where after he threw the ball, he's sitting there on the ground, you know, type of thing. So, and then like I said, the whole thing where he didn't even try to go meet up with uh, Nick Foles and shake his hand. I know he did shake a hand of some rookie leaving the game, but uh, I just don't understand. I mean, it actually it looks like his ego is so high, you know, that he just feels like he should always win no matter what, and that's the way it is. But I just don't like to see that type of attitude on the field. But, you know, that's just the way it is, I guess. So that's my final thought. All right, JT. Well, my final thought real quick is going to be just previewing, excuse me, the upcoming USSF soccer presidential election, which will be here in Orlando this weekend on February 10th at the Renaissance Hotel at SeaWorld, which is right down the street from Dylan's apartment. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> literally. <is. laughs> but that's where it'll be happening this weekend. And Dylan, I've never seen U.S. soccer with so much at stake right now, which in case you missed anything, but on the rock, let me just give you a quick week of what happened. Okay. We missed the World Cup. Okay. We got the U.S. soccer election going on with eight candidates. Uh, the NASL has filed two lawsuits. The Columbus crew are talking about moving to Austin. Are we staying in Columbus? Are we going to Austin? We don't know what to do yet. Okay. In return, you've had soccer clubs either relocating or folding left and right, like the, like the Rochester Rhinos, Boston Breakers, the San Francisco Deltas, Vancouver Whitecaps, two FC Edmonton, all either going dark or folding or relocating. And then you have SC Kansas City, which is the women's team, the NWSL, moved to Utah, become the Royals. And of course, um, you could also, the U.S. Soccer Fair, you could end up missing the 2026 World Cup if you don't secure that bid at June's General Congress. So a lot is at stake right now with U.S. Soccer. So to me, Dylan, no matter who wins, whether it's Kyle Martino, Eric Winalda, uh, Paul Gagliera, Hope Solo, whoever wins this election, I just hope they have folks on the soccer instead of all the money we're making right now and make us a better team because we cannot miss, Dylan, the 2022 World Cup. We cannot have the women's team that's free fall right now with countries like Germany, Sweden, uh, Japan getting better, Canada getting better, Mexico, and then we end up doing bad the World Cup for the women next year. So hopefully we'll get that going for the soccer future. And hang in there, guys. It's going to be exciting this weekend. So we'll have a lot to recap on my football recap of the week next week for the election there you go my final thought goes out to all those free agent quarterbacks in the nfl right now specifically kirk cousins case keenum and drew Brees. i'd like to say congratulations because you are going to be getting a hefty payday coming up this offseason and i don't know where case keenum or kirk cousins are going to land um i know that kirk cousins wants to play in minnesota case keenum wants to play in minnesota so I'm not really sure how that's going to go, um, but hopefully they find their landing spots. I know they'll get, be getting paid. So already, before I see these massive contracts that will be coming out in the offseason, bravo, congratulations um, for having one successful season and turning something you know negative into a positive. So congratulations. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James. On our Twitter account, it's OOB Podcast. You can email me at Dylan at OutofBoundsPodcast.com with any comments, suggestions, questions, things you want to talk uh, want us to talk about on the show. We are more than welcome to receive your feedback and change this show um, to mold it to what you want it to be because we are always here for you. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's Dylan underscore James. And you can always tweet at me there. So, JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSaka88. I'm 
That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me at JT at outofboundspodcast.com. And you can talk to me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jtthesportsguy.com. And Uncle Bobby, last but not least, your social media handle. Yeah, so my Twitter's been acting weird lately, so I don't know if I'm going to drop it or not, so I'm not going to give it out. But uh, I just want to put a shout-out. I hope that uh, your your uh, winner is enjoying his uh, cheesy uh, uh, Cracker Barrel uh, gift card and the cheesier, what was it, Cheesecake Factory, right? Is that the one when you bought one? Yes, yes, Cheesecake Factory and yeah, okay. chicken sandwich Hopefully as well. So, so those three things have not you been, to dinner. They haven't been delivered yet um, because oh, okay. he, well, he was – Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Okay, let's, let's – Predate that to when it happens. Then. <laughs> <laughs> he was out of the country whenever he won, so I'm actually contacting him this week to notify him if he has not heard the episode yet to notify him that he has won. So um, we will okay. get word from him and hopefully um, good word from him that everything we gave him was up to par. So thanks for listening once again, guys, and we will talk to you guys next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Hey.
Danny! I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Or are you gonna get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the ball! Oh, WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.